for Zion's sake I will not keep silent for Zion's sake I'll not hold my peace Welcome to For Zion's Sake Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you. And we're continuing the study of the book of Esther. And it is in the book of Esther what we, that we see how the Feast of Purim originated And this is a feast that's supposed to be celebrated and remembered for time memorial. So whether you come from a Jewish background or a Gentile background, but know the Lord, this is an important historical book. And obviously it's a unique book, Junie, because the word God or Lord does not appear in it. But as we'll see through the course of this week, the main character, the main person in this story is God himself. So yesterday we spoke out of chapter 1, which laid the groundwork for it. Remember, this takes place in the country of Persia, which is modern-day Iran. And we'll see that just as Iran is an enemy of Israel today, they were an enemy of Israel back then. And this was around uh, 460 B.C. when the book of Esther took place. And we saw the king, King Ahasuerus, ruled over the Persian Empire It was quite extensive. It extended from India to Ethiopia. And he invited dignitaries over to show them the splendor of the land. And it lasted about six months. And at the conclusion of those 180 days, he had a feast. And in that feast, it says, uh, drinks were served in golden vessels of various kinds, and the royal wine was plentiful according to the king's bounty. Drinking was done according to the law. There was no compulsion so the king had given orders to each official of his household that he should do according to the desires of each person. While he was holding that feast, Queen Vashti was holding a feast for the women. And even though these men were no doubt intoxicated, the king invited Queen Vashti to come and show off her beauty, and she refused to do it. And this agitated the king and his counselors so much, Junie, that he said he wanted to dispose of Queen Vashti as queen, and the edict went out to look for another queen. And, of course, that involves some deep issues, as you well know, June. And it was through the counsel um, of his wise men to him that if he didn't remove Vashti from being queen, it would give an example to all the women in Persia to not honor their husbands. So it was an important lesson for us to learn, even today, uh, that there might have been a reason that Vashti had uh, because the king and those that joined him for his um, feast were all drunk, but 
it's a lesson for all of us to honor those in authority. Amen. So we're going to pick up the story of Esther beginning in chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, follow along with us. After these things, when the anger of King Ahasuerus had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's attendants who served him said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king, and let the king appoint overseers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather every beautiful young virgin to Susa, the capital, to the harem, into the custody of Hege, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the women, and let their cosmetics be given them. Then let the young lady who pleases the king be queen in place of Vashti. And the matter pleased the king, and he did accordingly. Now there was a Jew in Susa, the capital, whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shemai, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the captives, who had been exiled with Jeconiah, king of Judah, when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had exiled them. Verse 7, And he was bringing up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter. In other words, he was the older cousin of Esther. For she had neither father nor mother. Now the young lady was beautiful of form and face. And when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. So it came about when the command and decree of the king were heard. And many young ladies were gathered to Susa the capital in the custody of Hegei that Esther was taken to the king's palace into the custody of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. Now the young ladies pleased him and found favor with him. That is the young lady, meaning Esther. So he quickly provided her with her cosmetics and food, gave her seven choice maids from the king's palace, and transferred her and her maids to the best place in the harem. Esther did not make known her people or her kindred, For Mordecai had instructed her that she should not make them known. And every day Mordecai walked back and forth in front of the court of the harem to learn how Esther was and how she fared. Now when the turn of each young lady came to go into King Ahasuerus, after the end of her twelve months, under the regulations for the women, for the days of their beautification were completed, as follows, six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with spices and the cosmetics for women." Verse 13, the young lady would go into the king in this way. Anything that she desired was given her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. In the evening she would go in, and in the morning she would return to the second harem, to the custody of Shashgaz, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the concubines. She would not again go into the king unless the king delighted in her, and she was summoned by name. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter, came into the king, she did not request anything except what Haggai the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the women, advised, and Esther was found with favor in the eyes of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus and his royal palace in the tenth month, which was to Beth in the seventh year of her reign. The king loved Esther more than all the women 
and she found favor and kindness with him more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Verse 18, Then the king gave a great banquet, Esther's banquet, for all her princes, all his princes and the servants. He also made a holiday for the provinces and gave gifts according to the king's bounty. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai was sitting in the king's gate. Esther had not yet made known her kindred or her people, even as Mordecai had commanded her, for Esther did what Mordecai told her, as she had done when she was in his care. In those days, while Mordecai was sitting in the king's gate, Bethan and Teresh, two of the king's officials, were those who guarded the door, became angry, and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. But the plot became known to Mordecai, and he told Queen Esther, and Esther informed the king of Mordecai's name. Now when the plot was investigated and found to be so, they were both hanged on the gallows, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. You know, Junie, it's an incredible story. Here were two Jews after the Babylonian captivity that were in Persia. And again, I know one of the key features of this book is the providence of God. They might not have known the purpose, but they were Jews and they lived as Jews, even though they were in a foreign land. It's true, Shelley. And there are lessons and points and instructions in chapter two that I think we should go over. And one that comes to me is about Esther and her obedience to Mordecai when she was made queen, which we find in verse 20 of chapter 2, where it says, Esther had not yet become, made her uh, kindred known or her people, even as Mordecai had commanded her, for Esther did what Mordecai told her, as she had done in her growing up years when he cared for her. And I think it's instruction for us that we never get too old, and even though Esther was the queen over Mordecai, she honored him and obeyed him. And you know, Junie, throughout this portion of scripture, it says that she found favor in the eyes of people. And I believe when you're obedient to God or obedient to those above you, God will put favor in the hearts of other people. And we see that here in verse 17, it says, And the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she found favor and kindness with him more than all the other virgins. Again, you cannot separate obedience to God and finding the favor in the hearts of other people because of that. And it wasn't just other people, Shelley. It was the king. And we find in Proverbs 21 that the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. So we see here the providence of God that God put in King Ahasuerus' heart to love Esther more than all the other virgins. Amen, amen. And we see so toward the end of that chapter, Juni, that Mordecai was at the gates of the palace and he overheard a plot of these two men who were going to kill King Ahasuerus. And it was the custom then to have a book called the Chronicles where it was basically a diary. <coughs> and in his presence... It was, indica it was written in 
that it says, now when the plot was investigated, <coughs> excuse me, and found to be so, they were both hanged on gallows, and it was written in the book of Chronicles in the king's presence. So the king probably at this time did not remember who saved him, who preserved his life, but it was written in the book of Chronicles. So we see, Junie, that it appears like there's independent events taking place, but when we're under God's hand, when we're under his eye, and we're obedient to his direction, we see that there's a purpose far beyond what we might understand at any given moment. And we see in chapter 1, Vashti, who was the queen, was removed. In chapter 2, we come and see Mordechai and Esther, who were Jews in Susa, who were exiled out of their homeland, yet lived as Jews in Persia. We see that King Ahasuerus found favor and chose Esther to be queen, and that Mordechai sat in the gate and overheard this plot to kill King Ahasuerus, and it was told to King Ahasuerus by Esther, and the plot was investigated. The two men hung in the gallows, and Mordechai's name was written in the book of Chronicles. So we see an unfolding scenario here that we should all take heart to. And remember, God so often acts behind the scenes. So, Father, we pray a blessing upon the reading of these words yes, and sharing Lord. of it, and that the lessons learned will apply to all of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.